Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. And on today's pod, we are breaking down the top 10 players in Major League Baseball heading into the 2022 season. This is part one of the installment looking at players 6 through 10. So let's jump right into it. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Miller Thomas of Locked On Dimeback still here. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there to see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Of course, if you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to the I would not be able to do this podcast without you, the listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. But as I said before, we are breaking down the top 10 players in baseball, looking at players six through ten for today's rankings, because I thought this would be a fun topic to do. Hopefully the lockout is ending soon. There's really not any new updates from the lockout. I believe the MLB and the MLBPA are meeting today. They hope to meet, I think, almost every day leading up to that uh, fake deadline that they had until we had to start pushing games back in the regular season. So I think they're meeting today. I believe they are meeting today. So we'll see. We'll do an update on our next pod on Wednesday. If we have to do an update, if there's anything coming from it. Last time these two sides met, the meeting only lasted about 15 minutes, so hopefully we get a longer meeting than that today. I'm not too sure what's going to happen. I really doubt we're going to get anything significant from today's meeting. Maybe there's a little progress. Maybe one side budges just a little bit, but I doubt we come away from today's meetings feeling like, all right, we're really close. Maybe another meeting and we are done with this lockout now. I feel like it'll still probably take another week or two Another week or two of meetings before we finally have a resolution to this lockout thing, which has been going on way too long. Baseball, you are not making your fan base very happy right now, and I do not know if they even care about that. This is has been a dying sport, even though they still make a ton of money and revenue. In terms of people under 50 years old, we know that this has been a dying sport, and baseball does not do anything to help themselves. So instead of talking about the lockout and what potentially could or could not happen because honestly, no one really knows with no one really has any concrete information when it comes to the lockout. Like there's still so much up in the air when it comes to that. I don't really want to waste any more time on it. So let's get to the crux of the podcast. Why you guys all came here today because I want to break down the top 10 players in baseball heading into the 2022 season. I don't really have any, you know, hard metrics or criteria for this list. I just kind of said, who have been basically the 10 best players in baseball the last couple seasons. I'll take into account injuries. I want you to throw the 2020 short season on because even though I always say on this podcast, just throw that season out, it did happen. It was only 60 games, so I feel like might as well tack that season onto this past season. Basically, look at the last two years through a lens and say, who have been the 10 best players in baseball the last couple seasons. And this was a really hard list to do. I was a 
a lot more surprised than I thought with how hard it was going to be. I had like 15 to 18 guys written down. I was like, dang, I really got to make some tough decisions here on who I think should be top 10 in baseball. I'm kind of doing it based off what I've seen the last two years, plus projecting a little bit on players who I think can take a leap forward heading into next season, or if they have a full year of health, they will be in the top 10. So let's jump right into the list. And number 10 on my list, starting from the bottom, we are going to have Ronald Acuna Jr. I don't know if you guys think this is too high, considering he played basically only half the games last year because of injury, but I think you have to put him on this list. Literally played 82 games last year, so like smack dab in the middle of a, of a half season. And Acuna Jr., when healthy last year, was absolutely phenomenal for the Atlanta Braves. I'm sure he feels probably a little upset that his team won without him because I think if Acuna was there, maybe he wins a World Series MVP. If not, he has his fingerprints all over the World Series. And I don't know if you feel that good if you're a superstar player. You miss half the season. You don't play in the playoffs, and your team still wins the World Series. I don't think that makes you feel too good as a star player, even though your team did win. But when he was healthy last season, Acuna looked like he was on his way to winning his own MVP award last year. Because before he went down, these were the numbers he was putting up. 990 OPS, 24 home runs, 17 stolen bases when healthy. And I also want to say disclaimer, sorry if I sound a little nasally. Allergy season is really kicking my butt. My nose is a little clogged right now. I'm trying to talk where it doesn't sound nasally, but I cannot help it if you guys think I sound nasally. So I'm sorry for that. I might blow my nose during one of the breaks, one of the commercial breaks, so we'll see. But sorry if you guys think I sound a little congested because I definitely am. Acuna Jr., super versatile player, can do a lot for your offense, mostly as a leadoff hitter, can really set the table for you at the top of your lineup. Hard contact numbers are absolutely astronomical if you go on uh, StatCast or any of those sites. He's basically 97th percentile or better when it comes to hard contact numbers or expected stats on StatCast. In high leverage moments last year, over 1,100. Uh, over 1,100 OPS. This is someone that you can absolutely trust in the biggest moments. Ronald Acuna is a super clutch dude, and when you look at his profile, he's got the big bat, he's got the legs. He can do a lot for you in your offense to get those runs, to put the players on the bases, to bring those players on the bases home. Ronald Acuna has so many different tools in the tool bag to do that for your offense. He is absolutely a walking god the way this guy gets on base. 394 OBP this season, 406 last year. So this dude is a walking machine when it comes to baseball. And if you look at his numbers last year, his at-bats per home run led the National League this uh, last season, not this past year. In 2020, it led the National League at-bats per home run. And it was pretty similar this past season in 2021 as well. This is someone that has a lot more power than I think people realize because he hasn't really been someone to play 160 games yet. Outside 2019, he hasn't played a full season. So I don't think we think of Acuna as much of a power hitter as maybe he should be considered because the hard contact numbers tell you he's a power hitter. And when you look at his 162-game average, his numbers are 43 home runs, 32 stolen bases, over 100 RBIs and runs scored, and over 900 OPS. This is someone that did hit 40-plus bombs back in 2019, 24 bombs in half the games this season. So I believe he would have hit another 40-plus this past year. I really do think he might have won the MVP as well. Acuna is someone that since breaking into baseball has been absolutely on fire. Like a lot of these guys on this list that we're going to talk about today, there's another guy who's very 
similar to Acuna with how fast his career has started because Acuna broke into the league in 2018 and over 900 OPS as a rookie, one rookie of the year in 111 games, his second year in baseball, fifth in MVP voting. That's where he had the 40-plus home runs. That's where he led the league in stolen bases in 2019. And then 2020, shortened season, so you didn't get the full scope of Acuna, but still put up some fantastic numbers and then was putting up fantastic numbers once again this season before getting hurt. So I think if we do get a full season of Acuna next year, 160-plus games, I think we'll see the dude that we saw in 2019. I'm pretty confident that I think he's going to be a 35-35 guy next season, around 300 average, over 900 OPS. I think he's going to put up easily superstar level numbers in the 2022 season. And because of that, he's only going to be number 10 on my list just because we haven't seen a full season from him like some other guys on this list. He's coming back off injury, so maybe there's a little bit of an adjustment period They'll be having an adjustment period at the bin, at the beginning of the season, so I'll give him a little reprieve for that. But still, I think Acuna is going to be the 10th best player in baseball heading into 2022. Now, if you want to hear who the 9th and 8th best player in baseball is going to be, you're going to have to stay right there because first, I have to tell you about how this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wine door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, even the Puff Bars too. They're low calorie. They're high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, but not a Built Bar. And Built Bars are also perfect for that keto diet if you guys are into that. So definitely check out Built Bars. A ton, a ton of great flavors, a great collection. Just go to Built.com if you want to get your own box. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast now and let's discuss the ninth best player in baseball heading into the 2022 season. And this is someone who I did not think would be on this list if you told me entering the 20, entering the 2020 season, if you told me this guy would be a top 10 player entering 2022, I would not have believed you. That's because the man I'm thinking about is Zach Wheeler. This is someone who I thought was an overpay when he was signed by the Philadelphia Phillies. It was like a five-year, $118 million deal. And when you think of Zach Wheeler's career before he got to the Phillies, like he definitely had flashes of greatness. He definitely had, when you say the quote-unquote stuff, you could definitely see it. He definitely had the arsenal, but he never actually... I want to say put it together. His best season in Philadelphia was probably 2018 with a 3-3-1 ERA, 180 innings pitch. But 
His strikeout numbers were not what we saw this past season. Even though he was good those last two years in Philly, he was probably a mid, like like a mid-rotation starter. But since coming over to Philadelphia, or excuse me, what he did with the Mets, I think I kept saying what he did in Philly, what he did with New York in 2018, 2019, that was probably the best stretch of his career. He looked like a mid-rotation starter, I think, during his time with New York. But since coming over to Philly, this dude has been absolutely phenomenal. Was second team all ML was second team all MLB, which is something kind of new that they've been doing. I think they've only been doing all MLB for like the last three seasons, which is kind of interesting. I think, of course, basketball does the all NBA, uh, NFL does all pro, which is basically who are the best players at their positions during that year, or just the best players in general. Baseball now has the all MLB team where they have each position: first team, second team. So Wheeler all second team or second team all MLB for starting pitchers and I thought he was really good this past season I think he's basically been a top three pitcher in baseball the last two years if you count 2020 as well because he had this past season a 278 ERA which was even better than the 29 ERA he had last season in 2020 he had three complete games two shutouts 213 innings pitch 247 strikeouts and 849 batters faced during this past season and all those numbers led the National League. So complete games, shutouts, innings pitch, strikeouts, and batters face. He led the league in all those stats during the season. He was second in Cy Young voting as well this past season. So he was at least recognized for how good he was, even though he didn't win it. The guy who did win it is coming up on this list later in the pod. So wait and hold on to your seats because we'll talk about who actually won the Cy Young. You probably already know. So he will be on this list. You just got to know where he falls on the rankings. But Back to Zach Wheeler, second Cy Young voting. Complete workhorse, like I said. Averaged 213 innings pitch during the season, led the NL, like I said. But averaged 100 pitches thrown a game. I thought that was just really phenomenal because when you think of the D-backs, I don't think there's anybody on the D-backs that even averaged like 85 pitches a game. But when you think of Zach Wheeler throwing 100 pitches a game, like that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. And coming off the 2020 season, I know there was a lot of managers and front offices that were like, hey, we don't want to put a lot of mileage on our pitcher's arm because they didn't do a ton of pitching last season during 2020. So let's not do, let's not put too much on their arm coming up into next season because we don't want their arm to get overly fatigued and run down. But hey, Philadelphia said, screw that. We're paying you a big boatload of money. So they put Zach Wheeler out there and let him pitch as deep as he wanted to, as deep as he wanted to into ball games and I think it worked out for both sides Zach Wheeler now is recognized as one of the best pitchers in baseball and Philadelphia definitely is getting their money's worth from Wheeler strikeout percentage was nearly 30 percent last year absolutely flamethrower uh with that 30 percent strikeout rate because his fastball is averaging around 97 miles per hour as well so striking out dudes blowing by dudes with the fastball just has a very aesthetically pleasing game uh he has that kind of game that's overpowering where he's just freaking attacking the strike zone at all times. And you could kind of see that's evident because his pitches per plate appearance, only 3.77. He averages less than four pitches per plate appearance. I think it's one of the big reasons why he saw so many batters because he's just straight attacking people and he's basically striking out people in three pitches, four pitches or less. So this dude... Had a really phenomenal season, was great at putting out batters at the plate, and I think Zach Wheeler is on the rise for the top 10 ranks, especially heading into the 2022 season. 
But after him, or I guess ahead of him in the rankings, coming in at number eight, is someone who actually won the MVP award this past season. That is Bryce Harper. This is someone that we all know, the LeBron James of baseball, as I like to call him. Probably not as good as LeBron James in their respective sports, but came in, broke into the league, super early age, was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I think, as a teenager as well. So this guy had the hype as a LeBron James when coming into baseball. And I think you could say he lived up to the hype because he just won his second MVP award of his career. So if you told someone Bryce Harper before the age of 30 was going to have two MVP awards, I think they would have told you, yeah, he lived up to the hype. First team all MLB this past season. 309 average, 35 bombs, and his 42 doubles, 1044 OPS, and 179 OPS plus all led the National League. The doubles, OPS, and OPS plus did, not the bombs or average, of course. Like Acuna, super high in all the hard contact numbers. Most of the guys on this list that we're going to talk about today are hard hard contact darlings. I knew that phrase was going to be tough to say, and I still messed it up. Has like an 18% Walk rate the last two years, Bryce Harper has become a walking god, and he's still not as good as somebody we're going to talk about on this list in the next segment when it comes to walking. Don't know exactly what this stat means, but he created 134 runs for the Phillies this past season, which led the National League. It's a stat created by Bill James. It's on Baseball Reference. You can check it out. You can tell me if you know how to interpret the stat. I didn't check out the formula, but he created the most runs in baseball this past season. So I feel like it should have been mentioned and brought up at the very least. 330 average and over 1,000 OPS for runners in scoring position this season. Absolutely clutch. One of the big reasons he won MVP. Another big reason he won MVP, OPS is still over 1,000 when it's two outs and runners in scoring position. And how about this? Doesn't matter the leverage, low, medium, or high, his OPS is over 1,000 in all leverage situations. So literally, whether it's a clutch situation, a non-clutch situation, whether he's the first batter of the game, the first batter of the inning, or it's two outs, bottom of the ninth with bases loaded, Bryce Harper demonstrated this past season. He's clutch no matter the situation. He's just going to be consistently good no matter the situation. And it's a big reason he won MVP for a Philadelphia Phillies team that was not as impressive as I think people thought it was going to be or really just kind of ended the season pretty sadly because the division was so weak. At one point, it felt like the Phillies were going to be the team to take it, especially with Bryce Harper really thriving at uh, in in the second half of the season with Bryce Harper thriving, it felt like the Phillies were potentially going to make a push, but it never happened. I think the Phillies now have won the longest streaks in baseball. I'm not making the postseason. It might be only second to the Mariners. Uh, in all honesty, I would have to check the stats. But Bryce Harper, I believe he is the eighth best player in baseball heading into next season. And you might think that's crazy considering he won MVP, but listen to the guys I have coming up next because It is going to be wild at number seven and number six on my top 10 rankings. But before we get there, I first want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because this episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet online, bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. Locked On MLB Prospects. 
host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going to be going deep on MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So please go check out Locked On MLB Prospects with our good friend Lindsey Crosby. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss players number seven and number six on our top 10 MLB player rankings list. And number seven, I got Corbin Burns. And this is someone who I don't think the narrative has quite caught up with Burns yet. I don't think he's quite recognized as one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think he's recognized as one of the best pitchers in baseball. But this guy might be arguably the best pitcher in baseball. And I don't think anyone's ready to have that conversation just yet. On May 13th, and a lot of these stats I'm about to say, I got off Wikipedia, so I want to shout out Wikipedia for doing some of this research for me. But on May 13th, Burns set the MLB record for most strikeouts to begin a season before issuing a walk with 58 surpassing the previous record held by Canley Jansen, who is a relief pitcher. It's a lot easier for him to come in for one inning and strike out two batters without walking anyone than Canley Jansen going five, six straight starts without a walk and just striking out eight to 10 dudes every game. So that's a lot tougher when you're grading on difficulty with what Corbin Barnes, with what Corbin Burns did, as opposed to Canley Jansen. On August 12th, Burns tied an MLB record after striking out 10 consecutive batters in a game against the Chicago Cubs on September 11th, 9-11 RIP. Rest in peace to all those who fallen on 9-11. Burns pitched the first Eight innings of a combined no-hitter with Josh Hader against the Cleveland Indians in which he struck out 14 batters himself. So he set the record for most consecutive games with striking out people and not giving up a walk. He also tied an MLB record for 10 consecutive batters striking uh, 10 consecutive batters striking out. And on 9-11, he was part of a combined no-hitter. So he had an absolutely fantastic 2021 season to say the least. Burns finished the 2020 season with an 11-5 record. He led the majors in ERA with 243 ERA, strikeouts per nine at 12.6, and home runs per nine innings at 0.4, and even the strikeout-to-walk ratio at 6.88. He won the NL Cy Young Award this past season as well, so he was greatly recognized for his efforts. He became only the third Brewers pitcher to win the award. Also named the first-team All-MLB as a starting pitcher this past season as well. So again, newer it's a newer accolade, but I think the all MLB team is definitely going to be something that picks up steam over the next few years, especially when it comes to contract negotiations. Just another thing players can throw in when debating their front office as to why they could get paid. Just be like, hey, I'm first team all MLB the last three years, so put some respect on my name. Burns. He made his postseason debut this past season as well, and he was the starter for Game 1, and Burns looked really great in his debut, pitched six shutout innings, and struck out six as well. So Corbin Burns, an absolute stud, also led the NL in FIP this past season, 1.63, and ERA Plus at 176. I think this dude is very good. I mean, I don't know what else to say about Burns in the 2020 season. He had a 211 ERA, so this is something we should have seen coming. Even as a rookie in just his 30 games and 38 innings pitch, he didn't even start a game as a rookie, but even as a rookie, a 261 ERA. So this is someone that I don't think should be surprised at all to see that he's thriving, going to be 27 years old, or he's already 27 years old. And I'm very curious to see 
what Corbin Burns can do over the next few years is one of the reasons why I think he's going to be number seven heading into next season because what he does from a strikeout standpoint, from a not giving up hard contact standpoint, this dude is absolutely insane. I think Corbin Burns should be respected and maybe looked at as the best pitcher in baseball heading into next season. Now, to wrap up the pod, the guy falling in at number six on my list who couldn't crack the top five, who might be a surprise for a lot of you because I'm sure a lot of you guys would arguably have this guy top three, but I got Juan Soto at number six. Soto, absolute stud. I don't think a number six ranking for Soto is disrespect at all in terms of how I view him because I think Soto has been in a freaking manimal since coming into the league as a rookie because basically this dude has been a 900 OPS plus every season of his career. Literally rookie year was the worst year of his career in terms of OPS. 923 OPS as a rookie is your worst season. I think that's about all you need to know with how good Juan Soto is. Led the league in average OPS and intentional walks during the 2020 season. Then this past season led the league in walks and OBP and plus he had a 465 OPP. That is ridiculous to think about. Uh, he batted 313 as well and had a 999 OPS and 29 bombs. His stats are just crazy. They're, they're literally, I'm going to say, off the chains, a throwback 90s reference. His walk rate this past season, 23%. I can't even fathom a walk rate that high, especially when you juxtapose it with his strikeout rate at only 14%. I think that's pretty low considering he's walking almost a quarter of the time. Runners in scoring position, this dude might be the clutchest player in baseball. 396 average and 1265 OPS with runners in scoring position. Like a Bryce Harper, leverage situations doesn't really matter for Soto as well. 900 to 1100 OPS in all leverage situations. He's literally the best at not chasing pitches according to StatCast. I think they said he was the 100th percentile, so no one is striking this guy out. Elite plate discipline and he kind of really showed that plate discipline this past season by swinging at an MLB low 15.1% of pitches outside the strike zone next closest player was Max Muncy by four percentage points and again a lot of these stats are going to be courtesy of Wikipedia so shout out those guys he swung at the lowest percentage of pitches of all major leaguers this past season at only 35% just crazy to think about. Soto joined Ted Williams as the only players in MLB history to have led the major leagues in on-base percentage multiple times by the age of 22. His total of 145 walks was the highest in a single season since Barry Bonds set the major league record with 232 in 2004. The most walks since Barry Bonds I actually might think I put this guy too low in the rankings when you look at these numbers but we can debate that uh, on a you know on a later podcast, or you could just reach out to me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 if you think Juan Soto is too low at six. But wait till you hear the top five players I have coming out on Wednesday because you might end up changing your mind. You might end up agreeing with me that Juan Soto should be six. Soto's former teammate Bryce Harper of the Phillies, of course, who we already talked about, ranks second in the league with walks at 100 walks. Soto is only the sixth player of the live ball era to have led the league in walks by a margin of 40 or more. And here is the last stat courtesy of Wikipedia for Juan Soto. He is, of course, known for his play discipline, but he ranks fifth all-time in walk rate and 10th all-time in career on-base percentage among hitters with at least 2,000 plate appearances 
as of the end of 2021. So when it comes to walking, getting on base, this guy's literally all time, all time. It might be the best dude at doing it since Barry Bond. So I would not be surprised if at the end of the 2022 season, our conversation is, is Juan Soto or Shohei Otani the best player in baseball? That would probably be a real question. I think Juan Soto, if he could get on a better team, I think it would probably just help him his perception because one of the reasons why I think I only have him at number six it's hard for me to say the the dude is the best player in baseball when he's on such a crappy team I know it's not Juan Soto's fault but I just can't help it it's just how I perceive the game in sports if you're on a terrible terrible team it's hard for me to say you're arguably the best player at your sport so Juan Soto could get on a more competitive roster and again it's not his fault I think it would be I think it would help ease the perception help ease the perception of Juan Soto and probably make him climb up these rankings as well. But either way, Juan Soto, you are borderline top five player in baseball. And if someone said you're top five or higher, I'm not going to argue with them.